Welcome to the Spine and Rehab Specialist Podcast Series, episode number three. I hope everyone is enjoying our podcast series so far. We've been tackling a couple of interesting subjects uh, in the field of physical therapy, first with Dr. Joseph Hernandez on our post-COVID-19 rehab program, which is really starting to take off. Um, and then the last episode was with Dr. Anthony Durant on musculoskeletal ultrasound. So I think we've had some really interesting subjects, so hopefully everybody's enjoying them. Now this week we're going to be talking on the subject of obesity. And with me today I have Dr. Andrea Goche. Andrea, welcome. Glad to have you with me. Hi everyone. I'm happy to be here. So Andrea has been with Spine and Rehab Specialists uh, actually exactly two years today. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and she was even with us you know, before that as a student. Um, so we're very happy that she chose to, to work with us. Andrea was born in El Paso, but grew up across the border in Ciudad Juarez. So she definitely understands that whole binational uh, bi cultural aspect of, of El Paso. Um, and of course, she's very fluent in both English and Spanish. Um, we are going to do the podcast in English though today. So, um, and on top of that, she teaches in the doctor of physical therapy program at UTEP. So we're talking about obesity today. It's definitely not an easy subject to talk about. Um, you know, I think it can get a little touchy with, with people, but I think at the same time, it's well worth having this discussion. So, because when you look at the numbers, they're truly staggering. You know, according to the Centers of Disease Control, 74% of people in the United States are overweight. That's three quarters of the whole population of the U.S. Um, according to the same CDC, from 1999 to 2018, the rate of obesity had increased from 30.5% to 42.4%, with 9.2% considered severely obese. So not only is it a, you know, a big problem, you know, no pun intended, um, in this country, but it also seems to be getting worse and worse. So, Andrea, what do we know about the causes behind this obesity you know, epidemic? So let's just say obesity has just been an issue that has been here for several years, and it's something that has just gotten completely out of control. Now, people tend to think that people uh, always choose to be obese, or it's something that it's only related to behavior, but that's not always the case. So there's different causes and individual factors that can affect why or how a patient, a patient, <laughs> I'm stuck to with, with the word patient, uh, how people become obese. Um, so it can be all from the behavior, including physical activity, what they eat, what they don't eat, medications that they take. Um, but it can also be due to genetics. It can be due for other environmental factors like their availability, availability of actually healthy food or the education they have on the subject or how they grew up or how um, they seem themselves and what they are used to eat based on their family environment. Yeah, so it's not necessarily as easy as saying, well, somebody's overweight because they eat too much. It really isn't that simple, is it? No, it's not like that. Not like that at all. And the thing is that with obesity being such a big issue, we're getting a little bit more information about what causes it and what not. But um, also, we're also trying to tackle it and trying to come up with plans to try to regress it or make it a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and the reason behind it, it's because... Um, it's not only about being obese and it's not only about the health effects it's going to have on you. It's also about other type of health outcomes like mental health is greatly affected, quality of life is greatly affected, and obesity is also associated with other uh, very um, important medical conditions that can lead to 
death, um, including diabetes, heart disease, stroke, and some types of cancer even. Yeah. I mean, I think we all know that being obese is not a good thing, but um, there is, you know, so much to it, right? There are so many effects of it, um, you know, and we know it, it contributes to heart disease and, and strokes, and I think that's a pretty well-known fact, but I think it's good to really try to understand all the other effects that, that it has on all these other diseases and even on the, me the mental part and everything. So um, it's... I think it's good to talk about this this subject. Now, there's another area, and people may not realize that obesity contri contribute to things like soft tissue damage, osteoarthritis, you know, and things like that. So, can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. So, I think we all have heard the word osteoarthritis very often. I think every day at the clinic we hear patients coming to us and blaming everything on osteoarthritis like oh it hurts it's the arthritis and stuff like that but um it's really uh, it's a really bad issue and it has gotten also uh, worse over the years so what it is it's just a joint disorder um and right now it has estimated to affect about 40 percent of the adults over the age of 60 and it's one of the leading causes of pain and disability as i mentioned to you every day at the clinic at least i see five patients that would come to see me because of issues related to arthritis or osteoarthritis specifically um and just as the obesity it's not only the physical effects it has it also it's related to uh, loss of productivity at work or in the house environment work environment um, and it also accounts for about 97 percent of the total knee replacements and about 83 percent of the total hip replacements are performed because of uh, osteoarthritis changes yeah and I, I guess that makes sense right because when you're walking you know every extra pound you know it's going to give me an extra pound of weight on my you know hip knee and ankle but especially the knees i think they they take it the worst right so you know it makes sense actually it's more than that for every pound that your body uh, carries or the or your body weight it places about four to six pounds of pressure on each of your knee joints so it's not only one pound it's actually it can go up to four to six times that amount of weight in in terms of pressure to the knee joint okay let's think about that for a minute so you're telling me that if someone is 50 pounds overweight they're adding two to 300 pounds of extra pressure on the knee joint. That's a lot. So I don't want to even do the math on somebody who's maybe 200 pounds overweight. And those people are definitely out there, right? At the moment somebody weighs 350 or 400 pounds, that means they're 200 pounds or more overweight. So that's just an incredible amount of you know, extra pressure. Exactly. So you can see now why individuals with obesity or, or that are overweight are up to 20 times more likely to need a knee replacement than those who are not overweight. So um, it's, it's very difficult on the joints and people wonder like, oh, why does my knee hurt so much? Well, you're putting four times the amount of your weight in pressure in your knee joint. So that's one of the reasons. And that's with every single step you take. So that is an, you know, an incredible amount of you know, extra wear and tear on the joints. So we used to think that knee osteoarthritis is mostly just a wear and tear condition. But that's actually not even true, right? It's, it's worse than that. Yeah, and, and there's, just as with any other health condition, there's are, uh, different factors that can affect it. But something very interesting is that um, fat, like fat tissue can affect how your joints are um, getting degenerated so 
um, an article has found that the metabolites or the little um, components of fat tissue can promote joint degradation. So if you are overweight, it's not only the pressure that you're putting on your knees, which obviously greatly affects it. It's also those little uh, metabolites that are in the fat that can also be contributing to the degradation of the joint. So it's not just a wear and tear, but it's also these chemicals, you know, that are part of fat that cause it. So, well, I guess we need to do some investments in companies that make total knee parts, right? Oh, definitely. I think it would be a good idea because the number of total knee replacements, as we said, has greatly increased. And it has doubled in patients with obesity. Now, the bad thing about that is that it's not like you do a, a knee replacement or a hip replacement and it's over, the pain's gone. No, actually, the complications and the outcomes from the surgeries are greatly impacted in patients that are obese. Um, and you might have different issues afterwards, including including higher rates of infection, uh, failure of the prosthesis, loosening of the implant. Like there's a bunch of things that you are more likely to experience when compared to someone that has normal weight. Hmm. So that's really a bigger problem than we thought it was. So, so we know that obesity contributes to knee arthritis and, you know, that will cause us to have knee replacement surgeries, you know, for a good amount of people. But then at the same time, that obesity also causes other health conditions that give us worse outcomes on those surgeries. Exactly. So as we talked before, obesity is linked to other conditions like diabetes, heart disease, uh, pancreatitis, some cancers, some psychiatric disorders. So all of these are going to contribute on the way that you recover from an injury or from a surgery, better said. Um, so the pre and post complications are greater. Um, wound healing might be delayed. You might have infections. You might experience blood clots that can even cause dead. Um, or you might end up having to have a second um, surgery to replace the replacement because it didn't work. And this is also caused because of the obesity. Yeah. And unfortunately, we see that in the clinic where we have the, the people that have the total knee replacement that thought it was going to be the, the simple quick fix and all my pain is going to be gone. And, and it isn't. You know what? I'm not knocking on total knee replacement surgeries. A lot of them go really, really well. But I think at the same time, we should not take those surgeries that lightly because there is more to it than just simply replacing it. Um, you know, and as physical therapists, we can definitely help with you know, the, the post-operative rehab on, on total knees. And we were doing that on a daily basis. We've done that for many years. And like I said, most of them really do well. But maybe somebody who's, you know, a candidate for, you know, total knee replacement, but also is dealing with obesity, should think a little bit more about that, you know, before they jump into the surgery, because it may not be as easy as it sounds, right? Exactly, correct. And I think it's something that has been changing in the last couple of years. Um, I think more often now we see patients for pre-rehab um, to get them ready for, for the the surgery itself so they have better outcomes i think it's something that's slightly and slowly changing i do see a little bit more patients that come for that same reason but it's not as much as we should and remember um obesity as a disease needs to have different things addressing it but the first thing is always going to be patient education, physical exercise, and weight loss. So that's the first thing that we should try to do even before we jump into a surgery. 
Yeah. And I can tell you the patients I've seen in the clinic that do the, the, the surgery or the therapy before surgery, they do so much better after surgery. Um, yeah. And of course, some people, they do the therapy and they don't need the surgery anymore. It's even a better outcome. So, you know, going back to the obesity part. So we're, you know, we want people to you know lose weight. And we know that one of the pillars of weight loss simply is doing exercise, right? I mean, it's, it's still, you know, what we know is exercise more, expand more calories, eat healthier, less, you know, consume less calories. And we know there's a lot more to it, but that is still part of it. Um, and, you know, it's, it's great to tell a patient, you know, you need exercise. Um, and probably one of the easiest exercises to do is, is walking. But how do you tell somebody who has that, you know, painful knee, go walk? Well, they're not going to get very far, literally, not very far in walking and not very far in their weight loss. So um, are there other options out there for patients you know, rather than just go for a walk? Of course. And as you were saying, it's it's easy to say. It's easier to say than do that. OK, I need you to exercise. Well, how do you want me to exercise if every time I move, my knee hurts or my hip hurts or my back hurts? So that's when physical therapy comes into place. Uh, one, because we are educated. I'm sorry. We are educated um, professionals that can try to help you address your pain, manage your pain so mobility is better because it's a really sad cycle. It's a really a vicious cycle. I hurt. I stop moving. Every time I try to move again, I hurt more. So I move even less the following days. So it's really a vicious cycle that we're trying to break. So there's different things that we can try. But one of the interventions that it has shown to be most effective for patients that have not only knee pain, but also experience obesity or suffer obesity is trying aquatics. Good, good. Yeah. And, then, you know, so we've had aquatics for, for many years, um, going back to our, you know, our clinic on Saragossa. And for those of you who kind of know, know us a little bit, uh, we were on the Saragossa road for many years. And then we moved to uh, Physicians Drive last year uh, with a much bigger, much nicer pool because we really believe in aquatics as, you know, a, you know, a type of exercise that really helps people, especially with the painful knees, you know, hips and ankles too, and, and, and back pain too, but, you know, definitely on, on knees and get them in the water, get them exercising. So um, have you encountered any evidence on that? Or is this just a, something that we feel as therapists that this is helpful? No, definitely. There is a lot of um, studies being done on aquatics. Um, and they, ha I, I was actually able to find some studies done specifically for patients with uh, neosteoarthritis and obesity and trying to see what type of intervention would work best for them. And so I saw this specific study that they were trying to compare land therapy against aquatic therapy in patients with osteoarthritis that were obese. And what they found is that not only the aquatic had a better outcome in terms of pain management and quality of life and overall feeling better, but also the aquatic group decreased more in the percentage of body fat than the other group. So it's not only that you're exercising with more ease, less pain, um, you feel more comfortable, but you're also helping with that weight loss or that decrease on body fat. So you're really you know, doing two things at the, you know, at the same time. And I think that's really awesome. And I think it's good for, for you know, people to know that that is one way to really, you know, really work on both, you know, your knee pain as well as the obesity. So if somebody is interested in, in you know, starting to pursue this road of, of, you know, working on their knee, working on their obesity, and they, they struggle with walking, um, and, you know, they decide that they want to try the aquatic environment, um, 
even that is easier said than done, right? Because not everybody has a pool in their backyard and it's wintertime. So even if you, you have a pool in your backyard, it's probably pretty, pretty cold. So, and community, community pools have been closed mostly because of the pandemic. So what does somebody do that with this advice of, of doing aquatics for knee pain and obesity when they can't really go anywhere? Well, you can come and find us <laughs> because we do have a pool. And one of the cool things that we have, as as you were saying, we just changed locations. We got a bigger pool, a nicer pool. We have an underwater treadmill. Um, so we have a really nice piece of equipment that can be used. And um, we know we're not the only, probably we're not the only physical therapy clinic that has an, a pool, but... Uh, it's not because I want to break, but ours is really, really nice. So we have a really nice piece of equipment. Now you need to think of what's the benefit of doing aquatics. Like why is it facilitating movement or why is it decreasing pain? Uh, one of the main reason is because when you're underwater, you're not carrying all of your weight. So remember we talk about those four to six uh, pounds of pressure in the knee for every pound of body weight. So when you go into the water, you are decreasing that. So, and depending on how deep in the water you go, you we might be able to decrease the amount of body weight that you're carrying to 20%. So that's why it's such a, such a good um, intervention because we can literally try to um, improve that pain that you're having because of all the overload your knees are undergoing or your back or your ankles on your hips. So definitely come and find us. We have... Um, a pool that would allow us to have two people in it for treatment and still um, carry all the the recommendations that CDC has done in regards to COVID. We try to be careful. Everyone's wearing a mask and you're always going to have a physical therapist there with you during the treatment with you so they can modify as appropriate. And if needed, the physical therapist will even get in the pool with you to assist you with balance or with other issues that you might have or if you're just too afraid to be in the pool by yourself, we can help you with that too. Yeah, and even access into the pool is pretty easy. We have, you know, of course, we have stairs to get into it. But we also have a chairlift that goes into it. Um, I think one of the nice things, too, that we have is those underwater cameras. So we can even, you know, us, us look or you yourself look at how you're walking, how you're putting your foot down. You know, are you extending your knee fully and everything? And I think that's very helpful, too. Exactly. And as I said, we have the underwater treadmill. So that allows us to patients that have the intention to go back to running even to get started there. We have had patients that have not run in years and we put them in the water and after they have improved and their pain's better and their strength is better, we start them on a running program in the pool and it's something that's very unique and they usually love it and they appreciate having the opportunity to go back to an activity that they couldn't do before and hopefully little by little get him out of the pool and get it and transition them into a land program so they can continue um meeting those goals now if the pool is something that you just don't want to do because you're too afraid of water or you have another condition that might prevent you from getting in the pool like having uh, experiencing seizures or things like that um, we have another option do you want to tell them a little bit about that yeah so obviously your pool isn't for everybody um, and some people just don't want to get in the pool Right. But um, there's a lot of other things that we can do. So I think one of the nice pieces of equipment that we have is the Ultra, Ultra G anti-gravity treadmill. Uh, 
And yes, it looks like it's space age, and it kind of is because it was actually developed for NASA to be able to reduce the you know the effects of gravity that astronauts have on the moon. Um, so we can you know reduce the weight bearing you know in essentially you're in a bubble, uh, you wear these special shorts you know and the, the bubble gets blown up. It's a kind of a balloon that you're in, and then you're walking literally partially on air. So we can in that way also reduce the weight bearing that people have so and, and we can you know have it go from you know 20 percent of weight bearing to 99 percent of weight bearing and then you know the next step would be 100 percent. so then you're back on uh, on full weight bearing but it, i think it's a really good piece of equipment for people to gradually go back to normal weight bearing um you know and we can start them off you know taking their pain away when they're walking. So maybe they're walking, you know, they have pain when they're putting 100% of their, their weight on it, but they, they may not have pain at 60% and then little by little go up. We can even just do simple exercises in the treadmill and you know, do some squats and do, do things like that. So I, you know, I think that's a great piece of equipment. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I, I love the Alter-G and it's, some, it's another piece of equipment that we use daily. And I also like... Um, getting my patients from the water out to land and having that alter G piece of equipment in the middle to facilitate because for some patients they do really good in the water they're doing great they're feeling great but as soon as you transition them out to land their pain comes back and they're not as motivated to come back to uh, for treatment but if we add the alter G in the middle as a stepping stone before transitioning back to fully land um I think it's great. And as, as you were saying, like having the ability to control how much weight you're actually carrying, it's awesome because in the pool, I mean, we have a decent pool and it's, I think the depth of the pool is like four, six or something like that. that, So if you have a very tall patient, I mean, I might be only able to reduce the amount of weight they're carrying to 50% and that's a lot, not even 50, maybe like 70%. Or in the country, you have a very short patient. So they're, I'm trying to progress them, but since they're so short and the water is basically all the way up to their neck, it's kind of difficult to progress them in that way, bearing transition. So the Alter-G doesn't have that issue. It, it allows us to control percentage and it doesn't, um, and it doesn't have anything to do with how tall or how short you are. I can control it even if you weigh 300 pounds and I can still control it even if you weigh 120 pounds. So it's, it's a really nice piece of equipment. So if you are, Um, suffering from knee pain, hip pain, back pain, and you are also obese and it's, you're kind of scared to come to physical therapy because you think it's going to hurt too much. We have options. Um, We can get you started in the pool, transition you slowly to land using the Alter-G and hopefully we will be able to have you fully transition to land so you can continue to exercise on your own without having to have a, a pool in your backyard. Yeah, and and you know, I think that is just really reassuring for people to know that there are ways to to get back to normal life. Yeah, and and yes, the pool is great, but ultimately we all live on land, right? I mean, we're not we're not living in in water. Although some of our patients would probably want to live in water, but so for somebody who is you know obese, overweight, maybe has you know knee problems and everything, there is something you can do to help improve not only your knee pain, but start working on that obesity, start helping making progress towards you know solving some of the, the heart disease issues, blood pressure issues, all those things that come with that picture of, of obesity and, and being overweight. So I think it's good for people to know that there is hope. And, and so when they're being told you need to exercise, to not say, well, how am I going to exercise? Then say, hey, can I go to therapy? I know they're going to help me. 
Correct. So please come find us um, to our physician location is the one where we have the pool. Um, our other clinic, unfortunately, we don't have a pool, but we do have an alter G. So even if we have you just for a couple weeks in the pool and then you're ready to transition, we can have you out and try the alter G. Um, we'll help you. So just come and find us. Yep. We have so many ways that we can help you. And that's what we do. We love helping people. All right. Well, this is the end of episode number three of the Spine and Rehab Specialist Podcast Series. Andrea, thank you so much for being part of this this episode. Um, so we learned more about the effects of obesity and being overweight, but also, you know, there are things that we can do to help you. So come see us and we'll see you next time. See you next time.